Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. You live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wrong, Mike Spencer. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel L. Khan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Question of the day is, uh, I guess, how many Krispy Kreme donuts can you eat? Dennis seems to think he can pack down a dozen. Uh, no, in all seriousness, we got a lot going on today. First day of the new quarter. we got Krispy Kreme IPO. We're expected to get... Uh, monthly sales from Tesla and Neo. Don't know when. Don't know if they're out yet. Probably not. A uh, couple of earnings. Micron, Walgreens. Let's talk about uh, that Bed Bath and Beyond move yesterday. That was weird. Walmart too, for that matter. Our guest today, uh, Frank Holmes, the CEO and executive chairman of Hive Blockchain, also runs U.S. Global Investors. That company, Hive Blockchain, is uplifting today to the Nasdaq. He was on the show at eight thirty to talk about that uplift, and then we've got Peter Tuckman. The Einstein of Wall Street at nine o'clock. Let's throw it to Joel here. Joel, how are we doing in the overnight session? Uh, we're doing well. Up seven and a quarter handles at uh, forty-two ninety-five seventy-five. Whew, big move and crew just blowing away that former high up two twenty-one at seventy-five sixty-eight. Gold, perhaps it was an undercut and rally up six sixty at seventeen seventy-eight twenty. Uh, silver. That's in the green by 20 cents at 26.40. Silver held up a little bit better during that onslaught. Uh, some bad news, I believe, out of uh, India. Some regulation has uh, Bitcoin back down into 33,000 handles, down $1,120 at 33,605. Ethereum futures are going the same way today. They're down $125.50 at $21.32.75. And we got to say, happy Q2. 
Canada Day, Dennis. Yes. Happy Canada Day. Happy, Happy Canada, Canada Day. Day. I'm, I'm supposed to have the day off. Nice shirt, Dennis. I'm supposed to have today off. You, you didn't. I might me. as well just leave. It's Canada Day. I'm some, when do I get my holiday? Because you never let me take the U.S. holidays off, Joel. It makes me trade the Canadian markets. And I can't trade. The, I have to work on this day, too. So when do I? Do I ever get a holiday? I just don't get holidays anymore. I guess I get Christmas. I get the shared holidays. Christmas, you, New Year's. You just had a day off a couple weeks ago. What more do you want? When, when, when did I have a day off? You I took a day know. off. Like two oh, days yeah, for my birthday. I did. Yeah. I did. Okay. But then I even called in. I couldn't even get away from you guys. Quit your crying. Yeah, true. He did call in. That's true. He did. So seriously, the question is, chat, how many Krispy Kreme donuts could you eat? I mean, this is Krispy Kreme Day, um, D-N-U-T, I-P-O, back from the dead. Um, I think I'm fairly confident I could eat a dozen. I've never tried it. I don't know how well my heart would do after that, but I'm pretty sure I could take down a dozen. Spencer, how many do you think you could eat? I'm afraid to think about it, honestly. Um it's a good uh, exercise. I somewhere in probably in the ten to twelve range, but I but I would never ever do that. I would never attempt it. Joel, with your swimming body, how many could you take down? Ah, they're just too sweet for me. Oh, I like. I can sweet. eat the sweet stuff, man. I don't have a trouble eating the sweet stuff. I, I told you my only like my only uh, eating records are uh, from when I was in high school. Four quarter pounders and uh, two large fries after I swam 10,000 meters. That's really the only, yeah, after you swam too. And well, we did we did uh, 10,000 meters straight workout, so I was pretty hungry after that. But that's it. Chris Smith in the chat, he says he can eat 20. That'd be pretty good, that'd be impressive too. How many could Joey Chestnut eat? Seriously, we need to like, I just tweeted at him, I asked, could he, you think he could eat 200? I think he could probably eat 200. He eats this. Come on. The guy eats 75 hot dogs. Well, I think it's a hot dog. I'd say under. Wait, wait, wait. What? what um, how, in how long? 10 minutes or, or what? Like, like yeah, how the 12 minutes. If you could eat 75 hot dogs with the buns in 12 minutes. or so, What's the record? 72? 75? He could definitely eat 200 Krispy Kreme donuts. Damn it, Dennis. No. <laughs> Nobody would think it's humanly possible to eat 75 hot dogs with the buns. A uh, donut is a hell of a lot lighter than a hot dog. The nature hot dogs. The, the, the dough. No, it's just so much more. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I, I, 100 I, I, for fun. I guess the, 100 question for is, fun. the question is, is he allowed to dip it in water to make it soggy? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can do whatever oh, yeah. you need to do. Oh, yeah. All right, then probably 200. Um, all right. Sure. Call or dipping in coffee, whatever. All right, let's let's move on from this. Um, I like this conversation. Yeah, seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five is what uh, he took me to. Jared says, "Yeah, Jean Sebastian says it's all air, which is you know he's kind of right. I think uh, so too. Yeah, definitely. No. I think he could take down two. <laughs> Sugar would kill him. Someone said he ate fifty-five in eight minutes in two thousand seventeen. But he's better now. Have you ever watched those videos of Joey Chestnut? He trains. He you know he trains to 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 competitively eat. I watched him. He like moves his jaw. And he does these jaw exercises like ten times a day. And he goes just to get his jaw stronger and better, so he can plow through those hot dogs faster. The Nathan's when is the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? It's coming up. It's Sunday. This yeah, it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> All right, take us away. Right. So we get the D N U T. We're still staying on the donut talk because we got to right. talk the stock. Sure. Krispy Kreme donut. What do we got? Seventeen? Is that what they they priced to that? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. 
Uh, let me confirm. I think it was. Did they price it at seventeen? Where's my Where's my article here? Uh, tw- I I saw somebody say uh, twenty six point seven million shares. Uh, and, oh, a range of twenty one to twenty four. Now that was earlier. So the, uh, I'm pretty sure I thought I heard seventeen already, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just made that up. Maybe I dreamt it. Maybe I'm like Joel. Sometimes Joel confuses his dreams with reality. Um, yes, remember? You're, you're right. It, it was it was last night. They did price it at 17, which was below. So the range, the original range, was 21 to 24. Okay. And the new price is 17, right? So uh, they're selling about 30 million shares, as, as I said. Um, I'm always suspicious of companies that leave public markets and then come back. Yeah, I know. Me you too. Know? Especially when they didn't work that well around the first time around. I mean, they did take it private. It didn't go off the board. They took it private, though, at a bell. Now they're trying to bring it back at two and a half bells. So yeah. the question is, did they add a bell and a half of value? You still have the same issues that had the first time around. It's like the donuts are really tasty, but you don't go there for the coffee. You're going there for the donuts. I mean, Tim Hortons has a business because of their coffee. I think Dunkin' Donuts has a business because of their coffee. This is a pure donut shop. I mean, you can probably buy Krispy Kreme coffee, but I don't think people are going there for the coffee. And what the CEO said, which is concerning to me, although he was bragging about it, is that his average customer base comes there two and a half times a year. I'm thinking, geez, that's not very much. (laughs) That is not very good at all. I wouldn't have mentioned that on CNBC. So two and a half times a year doesn't sound like a lot. He says it's like an occasional thing. Like you give your mother donuts for Mother's Day. I'm like, oh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Here's some heart disease for you. <laughs> I don't know. So um, I'm, I'm not absolutely not investing in this. Will I trade it? Not on the first day. I'll wait for a few days. But I can't see this thing blasting off into 20, 30, 40. Um, we'll see what happens after the first day. But not for me. What would you uh what would you hedge it with? Um Weight Watchers? That would be a good pair, Joel. Joel's always thinking Funny. of these exotic pairs, and that yeah. one's a good one. All the time. So yeah, you get your Krispy Kreme donut, you get your the problem is the stock trading, not real world. But that'd be a good hedge in the real world, Joel. I'm proud of your thinking this morning. You got your thinking cap back on. After last yeah, after yesterday's debacle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we won't, which we right, will so, never bring up again. <laughs> so, so, so we, we had donut today, but yesterday was a big day. We had DD, right? DIDI. We had Legal Zoom. We had Sentinel One. Uh, wasn't there? There was a, uh, wasn't to, wasn't Tabula, right? It was, wasn't that, that, did I make that up? And then Sentinel One was ticker, ticker S. Legal Zoom is LZ. DD Global is DD. It's a big week. We haven't talked about IPOs for a while. It's a big week for IPOs. It, it, it's been a, a quiet year in terms of like, marquee ipos mm-hmm. remember there was like that big rush was well, like two years ago we we had we finally had uber we had lyft we had we had all these like tech companies we had dropbox uh we had like spotify do direct listing we had slack uh and then there was like this this quite we haven't had any big marquee ipos it feels like for a while so this week is the closest thing we have to a big ipo week for at least for this year so far which is exciting um what was the one yesterday didi yeah didi the uber of china Oh, yeah, one day only of trading is always tough. It's bouncing back. They did give it some love on CNBC last night, which didn't hurt. So you're getting a little bit of a bounce back here because they were comparing its valuations to like Uber and Lyft and saying this one's a hell of a lot cheaper. Um, Merck was liking that. It was lifting on that fast money segment there. 
I don't know. One day at Adagel, these things are tough. What can you say? I mean, it had a big bar, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. One day tough, of action, tough, trying tough up trading. a buck twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Old time low is in. Old time high is in. I guess if you feel you need to own it, maybe come back down to the close. The close was near the low, so that's about it. The Uber of China, but they're like they're delivering furniture. They're they're doing all kinds of things. They're <laughs> they make a lot of money, but I think. That they they bring in a lot of money. They're not nearly profitable. I think they get well, they give they just give anyways. out tons of subsidies uh, right now for people to to use their service. So that's what you need to get started. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that. Works I need out. a couple uh, more days of data to get started. Yeah, so that's where I'm going to just lay back. Don't need to trade something on day one. Let's Lots get, some, let's get like a couple that. levels. Let's get a couple lows in the same area, a couple highs in the same area. Something. Give me something to lean on. Give me a level to lean on because at this point in time, it's too early. One day of trading and not enough for me to get down dirty. I haven't had time to add it to my trading systems yet. So, no, not for me. Definitely yet. won't be trading it then. Probably not. There you go. All right. We are expecting uh, to get monthly deliveries from Tesla and Neo and and, and maybe Lee, Lee as well. And maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. It generally comes out the first day of the month um, or the first couple days of the month. So I don't know when. We know that GM stopped doing this a couple years ago, right? They, and I yeah. think Ford stopped as well. Um, but Tesla, Neo, and Lee will be, and uh, Xpong will be in focus today. Uh, when these numbers come out, which I haven't seen them yet. What a run for Neo. What a run. It's up here again. This feels like kind of space all over again. I don't know where the top is, but it's coming in the next day. I think it's coming maybe today. It's just a matter of, you know, where is that? You know, a space I thought when it was up four bucks at 49, I was like, that's pretty good. And then it went 56. It did top out that, that day. But, I think the same thing is going to happen here with Neo. If you're coming in now, way, way, way late to the party, is there more meat on the bone? Possibly. I mean, XBV, same thing. The stock has doubled. XBV has doubled in a month. So if you think you're coming into it on the cheap, just comparing it to the old highs, wow. You know, everybody else, you're, you're buying somebody else's profits right now. I don't like buying other people's profits. That's why it's tough. Although XPV as a trade was in consolidation station, breaking out here again. So we're not saying it can't go higher. I'm just saying, if you're coming in, Neo especially, because it's up 10 bucks in three days, that's a big move. So you're 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 chasing here, and I lose a lot of money when I chase stocks. Uh, there's a, just a couple reference point here. Uh, we are we're trading up um, in the pre market first, so you want to note that that you're trading, you're kissing fifty five dollars. So you're taking care of of this high right here, at least in the pre market trading, and you are filling a gap. Uh, between oh no, nope, you got to get up to fifty five ninety to fill this little gap here. So there's another potential target, and once you get the gap fill, uh, let's see what happens. I, I I'd split these two two highs today sixty one oh five and sixty wow sixty one oh five and sixty three oh six. So one high at sixty two in the middle. Ugh, that's a lot, but hey, these things run a lot. Three big days in a row. First things first, let's fill that gap at 55.90. All right, let's talk about Micron here. Uh, we love okay. it when an analyst comes out ahead of the number and makes a call, and we got that yesterday. So thank you very much for the, the uh, guts. For the guts, BMO, the BMO Capital mm. Analyst, Ambrish uh, Srivastava. Thank you for the upgrade. You made a call. 
the call on a fundamental basis was was okay. Was right. I mean, their EPS beat their sales beat. Their Q4 EPS guidance was above the estimate. Their Q4 sales guidance was above the estimate. Uh, it, the numbers were all better than expected, but stock's down. So yeah, um, the stock was up ten bucks into the report. So yeah, had a big run up here. We were concerned about this whole eighty-five level. We talked about this eighty-five level a couple of days ago. It's right where it basically topped out eighty-five forty. Because you got multiple highs there. So that is what's holding after hours. Uh, we tried to get up a little bit there, but it really couldn't go positive, and now it's pulling back. So, is this a pullback to buy? Is the micron still going to the BMO price target of 110? Possibly, but remember, this is very cyclical, you know. And and Grasso's right; it's on DRAM pricing. And I've been burning this before, saying, "Oh yeah, look how much money they're making," and then all of a sudden, next quarter, they're not making any money at all. So we know the earnings are new, 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 and that's what the stock does too. Um, put it in perspective, it has been a good run for Micron. It was $40 at the end of the year. I'm back in October, $83. It's been a big run for it now. Maybe it's time to cool off a little bit more. Yeah, uh, we'll see. My fib, tough, trying tough to get my fibs in here, though. Uh, we 85.40 uh, topped out right with this high at uh, just above that 84.82. He had the other high over 85, but that's not relevant now. What's relevant is, uh, do you want to buy the stock and do you want to buy it on a pullback? Uh, let's just call it, uh, what was the low of the move here? The low of the move was 75.71. Uh, what was that? That's uh, that's about it. This is called 10-point move. You know, make it easy. Uh, pull back off or was it more than 10? Nope. Nope. That, that doesn't look like very much. Uh, less than a 10-point new. My four and a half. So you add that four and a half. Brings you down to 80, 80 and a quarter. You got a daily low. Let's see. I mean, I think you're going to find buyers on a pullback here. I I'd, I wouldn't mind it. Fill this little gap Lower here. 80, yeah. Yeah. And then you can lean on the low. But this was also slow to come out of the gate, too, uh, compared to these um, these other some of these other stocks. And, uh, and, now, and now you have the reason why. So we'll see. Bottom of yesterday's range. I mean, we haven't taken out the low from yesterday. If you're super micron bull. You got a chance to buy, you know, and actually someone bid ahead at eighty two fifty. So if you're looking for a lot more downside, first things first, you got to take out uh, yesterday's low. Uh, let's talk about Bed Bath Beyond. What a weird, wicked. Wow. I don't know if it's weird. Maybe it is weird. Wicked yeah. move. Wicked, wicked move, move yesterday at mm-hmm. the open. Uh, almost got to $40. Yeah, it took out that 32 level, Joel, never looked back. 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, basically straight up with no pullbacks. And then the next hour, it basically went straight back down to 32. I mean, wow. this is just whipsaw trading action. You're trying to manage your risk and saying, oh, I'm going to buy dips, sell rips. There was none to be had in the intraday chart of that anyways. But wow, what a rip overall to sell. Um, when they give you a gift like that and your stock last saw from 31 to 39 or 38 and a half in a matter of 10 minutes after the open take the gifts and run i think i don't know how, what, what we thought yesterday was all wrong so maybe we shouldn't think anything on this stock but <laughs> wow that candle just tells me now you've really got overhead supply and you got more people caught again makes me think it's not going back up anytime soon i think everyone was looking for 40 you know why not 
You took out all those other handles. Why not get to 40, stop to Did I have like a Reddit there. message or something? I don't really know. drove it. I mean, it, it was took out, a half hour. Pre-market, it was like up, just, it was hanging yeah. up. It was doing yeah. okay, but it wasn't blasting into orbit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you get a, a big round of buyers, but it, it is trading back up uh, today. So keep an eye on the close. You're trading up 70 cents. It's kind of sneaking up. It looks like it got a little bit of a bid, but uh, I'd use that close as support. And then, man, if you get another run up, I don't know. I think you're just going to have to pick, you know, an intermediate number. Uh, you know, throw a little out at 35 runs again, throw a little bit out at 36 again, throw a little bit more out at 37 if it runs again. But uh, and if it goes red, yesterday's low was 30.63, open right near the low, too. So, open is probably important print in this one as well. Most impressive, and not as not as impressive, but still, wow, was Walmart. Joel and I talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, Dennis, but uh, Walmart for, for Walmart made a pretty big move. On um, the first 15 minutes of the day, don't know why though. I, I, they had a headline. Yeah, they bought. There was a headline. There was a headline. Yeah, because I know, like I normally trade. You know, everything. I, I try to actually sometimes avoid headlines when you see an oversized move, like a stock trading up um, on nothing. Sometimes I'll fade that move, but in this case, I saw a headline and it and it spooked me away from Walmart, so I didn't shirt the stock. So. What was the headline? There was definitely a headline. They bought. Did they buy somebody? Yeah, they bought something. I don't know if it's somebody. Was they had a deal it, with it, somebody. Partnership with Ibotta? Is that what you're talking about? It was a headline anyway. So it was a headline enough to spook me away from it. And I'm not sure if that was the driver for it yesterday. But oh, you know what? It, they, they did have. Oh, no, those are insider sales. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say they had some insider sales. I don't know. Anyways, you can see the stock had the big pop up. Um, it's holding the move. I mean, what do you think of Walmart overall here? I mean, the stock is holding up. It's not far from an all-time high. I mean, we're 152. We are 10 bucks still off. But we had a nice base that we put in at 135, 136. That's a nice candle yesterday. I think you're buying pullbacks on Walmart. Uh, what did it get hit off? Earnings? Was that it? Back at the... Uh, Goldfish the, memory yeah, here, man. I can't remember. I think it was earnings. So... Oh, boy. Backed off. I mean, it's got some work to do in that candle. Uh, right on the session, down 42 cents. I mean, yeah, if it gets – I don't know. To me, this is more in the middle of no man's land than, you know, if you're selling it here. I don't know. I'm not selling it or buying it here. Maybe if it came back down uh, closer to yesterday's low. I don't know if – was it a gap in that yesterday at all? Uh, yeah, there was a small gap. Maybe 139, I'd be more interested, but not not interested in, or excuse me, 138, not interested in 140, 60. All right. Do, do we want to cover, I mean, there wasn't much on the earnings front. Do we want to cover? Yeah, Walgreens. Oh, we'll cover. All, right. All right. We can look at Give some love to WBA. Market's giving a little sure. bit of love to it this morning. All right. What do you got? EPS from continuing operations, a dollar thirty-eight cents versus a dollar seventeen cent estimate. Sales of thirty-four billion, which was just above the estimate in the high thirty-three billion dollar range. Uh, they did raise their guidance to around ten percent growth on a constant currency basis. Um, that's all I got. It's a nice left. Um, it's a stock that's just done a hell of a lot of nothing for a long, long time. Ooh, that's a big left. Yeah, three and a half percent dividend. Does this oh, kick started? Every time you think Walgreens, oh, it's going to start going. And CVS had a move a while ago. And 
Walgreens didn't participate nearly as much as CVS. I'm looking back to May when CVS went from 75 to 90. And I kept thinking, okay, well, Walgreens is going to catch up too and never had the catch up trade. It went from like 52 to 55 in that same period that CVS went up, you know, 25%. So CVS is a lot more trendier. It seems like WBA is just stuck in shop and slop. The accordion shirt, as Mr. L. Conan likes to call it. Um, you get up near 55, 56, you got major resistance. So is there room up to there? Ooh. Yeah, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Tough to say if there's going to be follow through here or not. I think the fade traders usually do better on, on WBA than the trend traders. Yeah, they faded it uh, at uh, 54.85, and that was just right up here in this area. So it backed off a buck and a half off that. So keep an eye on that. 54.88 was the higher than 55.10. But you can tell people were anxious to um, to sell in the upper 54 handle. Uh, back in the 53 handle. Uh, still up on the session. But you know what? This kind of broke out over 53. It had that trading range. Really only one day at 53. So if it comes down to 53, lower 52 handle, uh, be a little bit more interested and perhaps lean on that 52 low. But uh, they smacked it pretty hard, but it's trying to recover. All right. It's 825. We're going to have uh, Frank Holmes on in about five minutes. Also in about five minutes is uh, jobless claims. We have a number today. Uh, we'll use that to preview tomorrow's jobs, jobs report tomorrow right tomorrow's report is the big one but we yeah. do have um an adp number and a jobless claims number uh right jobless so, claims uh, always kind of a crickets event the jobs number we know is the big number tomorrow and you do get some movement especially always watch your tlt because that'll give you an indicator for the value trade to a certain extent but especially the bank's um, TLT is down 50 cents here this morning, so not surprising the banks are showing a little bit of strength. What do you think of the banks here, Joel? They're not going down. They're all increasing the dividends. I mean, we had a not, wicked, not wicked all. sell-off. Not all. Not Citigroup. Not Citigroup. <laughs> and it, I'm funny, eh? Citigroup does nothing, and it was the one they pounded all the way down back in the beginning of June for the 10 days in a row. Um I mean, Morgan Stanley's up here near the highs because they actually did something. So there's separation within the banks right now, at least, you know, from what they're doing and even in the stock prices. Uh, the Morgan Stanley had the most interesting chart. I Oh, I, oh did I keep the uh, up from yesterday? I mean, six time up through there. Finally got there during the day. So that's uh, now that's going to be support. Uh, that took that, that what was that number? That was 91.50. Okay, so we're 92 and a quarter. So we're trying to take out a little resistance level there. Well, we did on, on the daily. This is on the right is the daily chart. And you had four highs just under 92. And mm-hmm. then on the day of the, uh, you know, um, when they came out with the dividend raise, they went to 91.63. So you had five highs there. And then yesterday they, they took it out. And now you're getting follow through in the pre-market. So another breakout. Uh, now that 91 and a half is going to be support and 94 resistance. Uh, a few people in the chat, were, when we're talking about Walmart, they were saying the, the insulin thing. That was from two day, That was from Tuesday, though. That was two days ago. That news was that Tuesday morning, the Walmart insulin thing. So I, it wasn't that yesterday at the open. They're that just news- trying to they're just trying to make jokes that aren't very funny. No, no, no. I'm telling you that. I, I mean, I saw the headline yesterday. There was a headline. But 
but the insulin headline was two days ago. It was not that. That was not the move. That was not the reason for the move in Walmart yesterday because that news was already out Tuesday morning. Oh, well. Correct. Um, uh, Yeah, Slovak is asking uh, a good question there. Uh, NTLA, right? Don't I I talked about those yesterday at the the close show. NTLA, Beam, Edit. Oh, my goodness, guys. What was the headline driving these things? Remember? We talked about this Monday, Monday morning. Gene editing, CRISPR. Yeah, but why time. is it, why are they going now? Oh, is it still the same headline, or they just decided three days later to make bigger moves? Is there uh, was there another headline? I didn't see another headline. I so we just decided that okay, yeah, we're we're we are gonna so so what happens? Like you can look at like Edatos, I mean EIT, which would be a good example. You get the big pop up there. Stock goes to fifty dollars. It comes all the way back in, almost fills its own gap on that day. Puts a couple lows in the same area and then blast off into orbit again. So it's like you get the big move, you get the pullback. That if you get a little double bottom in the same place, like on the EDIT, that's when you strike because wow, and then boom, blast off again. Which one are you talking about, Dennis? EDIT. Oh, add it, add it. Okay, add it. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you see the two little lows I'm looking at? The forty-four forty, yeah. the Joel Alcon uh, method of trading there. Forty-four forty, yeah. forty-four thirty. So you get the big move. Yeah, you, you, you know it's hard to chase those initial moves, but then you got the pullback. And then when you put the two lows in the same area, it's like, okay, now we got a low to Lena. I don't look at this chart, but um, I don't know if the other ones did the same thing. But similar, yeah, CRISPR, you, you took it out. You actually took out the previous day's low, but you didn't take out yesterday. You didn't take out the prior day's low to that. So always leaning on those lows. So basically trading strategy is you get the big move up, you get the pullback, then you wait for two lows in the same area. If you get them, you know, where, you know, you're not breaching the previous day's low, that's when you strike leaning on that previous day's low as right. an out. That's your contingency plan. Takes that out. Okay, I'm out of here. Um, but, you know, that trade would have just killed it yesterday on all these gene editing stocks. I mean, I think uh, maybe someone got called in on this NTLA. I mean, that was that was big. You know, maybe they shorted it on the came in short, and then they decided to short more, and then all of a sudden they realized it, it wasn't a very good trade because that got up to over two hundred, Dennis. That 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 got up to over two hundred two seventy three. So it's trading up again today. Uh, but if we do get a red candle in there. Um, I'd be uh, I'd be a little bit cautious. If it's not red now, but well, we're trading up almost five bucks. But if you get a red candle there today, you might be looking in a short term top. A lot of people stuck 170, 180, 190, etc. And TLA also did an offering at $145 a share. They raised $600 million. That was from that was from yesterday. Um, okay, we just had jobless claims. It is what it is. Yeah, they didn't even move. Lower than expected. Continuing claims lower than expected. All right. Let's bring let's let's move on from the jobless claims stuff. That stuff was boring. Let's bring on our guest today. Uh, Frank Holmes is the CEO and executive chairman of Hive Blockchain. Uh, he's been on our show a number of times, and they are up listening today to the NASDAQ Exchange. Frank, good morning. Morning. Usually it's wheels up, and today it's hive. <laughs> All right. Usually it's right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll probably sneak in a question or two about, about the airlines today. But uh, uh, question, I guess the first question today is um, why uplist to an exchange? Why now? What does that do to a company for, for shareholders? Well, what's happened is that the interest in hive and the number of shareholders has exploded in the U.S., Last year we traded 1.7 billion dollars, 1.7 billion shares 
in Canada on a little exchange. And, and over the counter, we traded 400 million sh shares here in the U.S. Uh, and it grows. And it's so we think it's just a much better presence and it'll create greater liquidity. And there are many funds that have reached out to us because we're the only pure green energy mining company. And we're the only crypto mining company that's mining both Bitcoin and Ethereum. And we hodl it. Uh, and if you take a look at profit-wise, we're still the most profitable of all the crypto mining companies. So I'll be listening to 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 Nasdaq. It, I, what it just it opens the doors up for more investors, right? Is that kind of the big thing? It does, in particular, institutional uh, investors that uh, can cannot buy a a stock unless it's listed on a major recognized exchange. So Nasdaq clearly is a recognized major exchange. What uh, aside from holding, you know, crypto and Ethereum and, and Bitcoin and, and, and mining that? I mean, what, what what is the the bull case here? Because why wouldn't someone just want to own the actual cryptos themselves? Because of complexity, there's a lot of complexity. You want to go open an account, wire the money, go through all the long process of AML, etc. We don't have an AML issue. The reason why is because we mine the Virgin Coin. Every 10 minutes when you validate a Bitcoin transaction with high performance computing, then you get a piece of this brand new coin. And each hour, every 10 minutes, there's 6.25 coins. And that's going to expire in 2040. And there'll be zero more, just 21 million coins. And that is part of the whole spectacular growth in Bitcoin is because whenever you limit the supply, and more people adopt and trust, then the coin or the asset goes up exponentially. And that's what's happened with Bitcoin. Now, we have something that's very unique. It's called Ethereum. And Ethereum is a smart contract. And so, in fact, Ethereum is the backbone of the Internet of Things when you talk about blockchain technology. If creating stable coin money funds, for example, by JP Morgan, which is a crypto coin. It uses the algorithm, the backbone of Ethereum. So the bigger those banks have their stable coins growing, the bigger Ethereum demand goes, which is great for us. If a DeFi, and now as you guys love sports, how about NFTs? It's captured everyone's imagination. Well, they all use the Ethereum backbone. So Ethereum's far outperformed Bitcoin. Uh, and, and I believe we're early in the game, like 1995, it was Netscape and AOL. Where are they today? I don't know where the race is going to be for this space right now, but I do know that we have to be able to move and pivot and have agility like an athlete in the football field. Move those feet, move those feet. Are you going to run with the ball? Are you Are going to throw with the ball? Are you going to throw the ball? Are you going to run the ball? Well, for us, it's been mining both Ethereum and Bitcoin, and we have the strongest ESG footprint. And there's big demand in America by institutions for ESG or compliant companies and companies that are using only green energy. So one of the things that comes with listing on an exchange is, is obviously there's more regulation involved. Um, when, when are you guys next reporting earnings? I don't see any earnings for this year on, on the site yet. Uh, our earnings will come out uh, in the next three weeks uh, for the year-end March in compliance with all the Canadian rules. Uh, COVID did extend uh, some of the, the, the filing dates in, in particular Canada. So, and, and NASDAQ accepts all the filings in Canada. 
and then we'll be going through this sort of total compliance. But what's a great question, because I've been writing about this on my blog for 10 years about the contraction of IPOs and new listings. But NASDAQ was informing me that this year there's over 500 listings. And a lot of that had to do with this radical uh, former administrative CEO, uh, Donald Trump. And uh, Clayton, we brought in the head of the SEC, uh, Clayton's job was to invigorate, streamline regulations and make it easier for companies to raise capital. And the NASDAQ has, raised, has, has 500 listings this year. It is just unbelievable. Uh, and from Canada coming into the U.S., it might be five and six in a year, and already this year it's 10. So the I, this concept of Canada clearly is, is shifting, and America is the once again the epicenter of capitalism. Frank, um, I want to take it back to the mining just for uh, a bit because um, you know we, we've had some people who mine Bitcoin on the show. I don't have a, know if we've had a, an Ethereum miner on the show. What is the process? How is it different mining Ethereum than mining Bitcoin? It's a great question. More complexity because you have to use graphics cards. You have to use GPU cards and you need more hands managing those GPU cards. They're just more sensitive. Uh, those GPU cards that we've bought and now upgrading, uh, what that does is allows us to go into high performance computing and it will allow us the capacity and ability to go into doing rendering for animation for movies, for AI, for cancer research or for smart cities. Uh, so I... I'm really thrilled about the fact that we bought our own data center last year and this year, in fact, in New Brunswick, it's 50 megawatts. It's our asset on our balance sheet. And that 50 megawatts is going to 70 megawatts. It's all hydroelectricity. So we're doing the same thing in Northern Sweden and our cost of electricity in Northern Sweden is 1.7 cents. It's in the area where Yahoo and Google and sorry, um, Google and uh, particular Facebook are and gaming. A lot of the universities there are caught up with gaining uh, uh, coding for gaming. So it all fits into the GPU chip. What about these chips? Are these NVIDIA chips you're using? What kind of chips are you using? Because we're looking at obviously what kind of plays we have is an AMD is an NVIDIA. What kind of the, what are the what are the chips you're using? Well, historically, we've used AMD chips, and okay. uh, and we've had to upgrade all the memory cards to, to to basically be productive in mining Ethereum. But our new vision will be uh, Nvidia. Uh, we're we're going to be doing you know something with Nvidia, uh, which will be very. I'm very proud to say it'll be very exciting. But uh, that chip is more robust. That chip has a longer longevity. Uh, you write these things off over three years. But the longevity of these chips can be uh, five to seven years. Uh, Frank, uh, you, you mentioned version coins earlier. Great, good, good question from the chat. Is Hive uh, carbon neutral, or are you are you totally green? Pure green. And I get so frustrated, you know, that whole thing on Elon Musk uh, going after all the crypto companies, and he was right because some of them were very. I don't know, arrogant, but that's all changed. The CEOs with Michael Saylor, and I've been participating in those meetings with Elon Musk coming on and Michael Saylor of raising the standards. And I will share with you that high blockchain was my was my ability to get into the space. I tried five years ago, four years ago with a Bitcoin ETF. I created Jets. So next was Bitcoin. It wasn't going to go. The SEC was worried about some hacker coins showing up in New York Stock Exchange. And I had all this knowledge. So I launched the first crypto mining company in the world. 
It was Hive. It was listed in Canada and it was the darling and Fidelity gave us $100 million and institutions came in and I put up $5 million to launch the company uh, and it was a booming success. It went up and it fell and it trades just with crypto. So if crypto's up 6%, we're up 6%. But what's interesting is if crypto, like last year, starts on a run, um, Bitcoin was up 325%, Ethereum was up 500%, but Hive was up 2,000%. Uh, because our operating profit margins, we only had a few employees before we made this recent acquisition, and our revenue all of a sudden is, is 10 million per employee. Goldman Sachs is a million. So we're very profitable. Uh, you can see on a PE ratio, uh, it shows up. Uh, the other ones don't have really have a profit. We do. Frank Holmes, executive chair chairman of High Blockchain, also the creator of the Jets ETF. I just wanted to talk to you about the airline stocks, and uh, you you maintained your bullishness. And, well, uh, the the okay. Yeah, you're the hat guy. Uh, you maintained your bullishness uh, during the pandemic, and uh, we're rewarded. Uh, they've uh, had a nice run, and they've and uh, now they're starting to pull back. Are you looking at this as a, a buy the dip opportunity? And one thing that uh, I really don't hear mentioned at all uh, with airlines is their biggest expense is fuel. And I see what's going on with crude oil. Did these airlines get smart and start doing some hedging, or is oil just a non-factor with everyone getting back in the sky? Oil was going back seven, eight years ago, an important factor in the expense line item. It's the most big, the biggest impact. And then it showed up in the volatility. So oil is much more volatile than the stock market. And the volatility of oil is plus or minus 5% in a day. Well, that showed up in the airline stocks having this incredible volatility. What happened was after all the bankruptcies seven, eight years ago is ancillary revenues. The things that really frustrated all of us change your ticket fee, $200, baggage fees, uh, anything you want was an additional fee. Credit cards became a billion dollars a quarter to companies like uh, American Airlines. So they all got in the credit card business, but it threw off lots of surplus fees that offset energy costs. Okay. And, and further to this is that they started hedging very sophisticated. Southwest Airlines predominantly is the most sophisticated hedger. American Airlines is the only one that's not hedged. And American Lines is the favorite stock for a lot of the guys to short and go long jets ETF on a pair Interesting. and with the oil trade. But they're much more sophisticated. And so I don't think it is that big of a factor. And they've dropped all those ancillary fees. And now as they're turning profitable, they're going to start cranking them up. So I think as business travel picks up by November, uh, and, and that's highly correlated. So, so really important data points for all of us to have today, which we didn't have two years ago, is TSA reports every day how many people they are processing. They were pre-COVID, 2.7 million a day. It fell down to 90,000 on April 15th in, 19, in 2020. And now it's back to 2 million. And it's predominantly tourist travel. So what are the factors for it? Well, the correlation with vaccines uh, is as more and more people get vaccine, the first vaccine, all of a sudden you saw tourist travel take off and the airlines adapted very quickly. Uh, and we've had creation of brand new companies like Breeze. Breeze CEO is a serial entrepreneur that created WestJet in Canada, came to back to America, created JetBlue. 
and uh, has a, a major discount airline in Brazil. And now he's back in America with, with Breeze because there's so many people from upper state New York, Indiana, Montana, all these places, they want to go south. And the Southwest Airlines even flying from Phoenix down to Cabo St. Lucas. So the, the formats change. Business travel is highly correlated to double vaccines. So as we're seeing more and more data points of double vaccines, then we're seeing business travel pick up. And I, we think it's not going to really have the big super surge until the fourth quarter of this year. But they're turning. It's very positive. Now, historically, you look at 9-11, 2003 SARS. You look at 2008, 2009, the global airlines fell 75%. Then they go up 80 to 120% in the next year. This time last year, uh, Mr. Buffett dumped all of his airlines and, he, and he's left billions of dollars on the table. And those millennials, those, those people characterized as dumb millennials at Robinhood, were so smart. 25,000 was data points, bought jets around 12 to $13, and it went to 28. And so now it's pulled back. And if you look at those previous cycles, it has this huge surge, corrects 10 to 15%. And the way you go. So we're far from trading at $34, $36 range. Um, Europe is just starting to come out of their thaw. Canada is slowly coming out of its thaw. Very slowly, uh, yeah. When they all come out, the stock could be $40. Right. Yeah, this is a much bigger question, but uh, and it, uh, people are dealing with it in the workplace. Uh, how are the airlines going to grapple with, uh, you know, people? I mean, is it going to come down to a point of vaccinated versus, you know, non-vaccinated travel? I mean, that's something that the uh, the companies, Morgan Stanley mandated uh, that uh, you have to be vaccinated to come in the office. Is that just too much of a hot potato for the airlines to deal with? Or is this something they're going to have to fl- uh, face eventually? They're going to have to face it eventually. But by the way, Hive is listed today for the first time ever on NASDAQ and it's HVBT, no F. Um, I should up- okay. I should update that. Old school. That was, that was old- new school today. I was trading too. HVVTF. That's a good yeah. HVVBT. HVBT. High blockchain right. technology. You know, but coming back is, is there's no doubt. But Jimmy Diamond saying last week, if you can go to restaurants, you got to come back to the office. Uh, and and I think you're going to see a transition of a lot of people going to work at home, but you're going to need software. And that's going to be a big booming business, the software that's going to monitor that you're actually on your computer at home. Uh, and and, and it, that is taking place. You're hearing about companies that are they're soliciting us. And they, if you touch your keys, whatever you touch on your keys, even if you want to erase it, it's all recorded. They know exactly when you're sitting in front of your desk, uh, like a heat sensor. And um, so you can't look at sports betting. Uh, if you're there now, before you can look at it, it's, it's going to be, you know, I think eventually people want to be actually be at work. Well, um, you can do it on another computer. Yeah, you can, but uh, uh, that'll be that the person's expense. So a lot of people are, don't spend money like uh, you, Joel. Oh, okay. Two computers. You're not you're a technology <laughs> guy, you know. Right. Frank Holmes is the uh, exec chairman of Hive Blockchain and also uh, U.S. global investor. Where he runs the Jets ETF. Frank, so for always a pleasure, sir. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you, everyone, and remember, right. wheels up. Next big leg. All right. HVBT oh, sorry, is that the symbol? That is the symbol. Yeah. HVBT. 
Okay. Yep. Hector, Hive in Canada, H-I-V-E. Well, I remember Toronto Stock Exchange closed today, so they won't be buying it over in Toronto oh, today. It is Canada Day, so. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. It's, it's interesting, you know, when he's mining everything. I mean, Frank does so much. You know, he you does, think about that. He? Like, it's incredible, really. You know, the Jets ETF, and, you know, now he's, he's mining. He's got, you know, his crypto operations. I mean, this guy does stuff, man. Yeah. And he does. He's busy. He's a busy boy. Great, great, great interview, though. He was great during uh, during the uh, the pandemic. I mean, we had him on, and he he stood uh, his he, ground. He came on. He was pounding the table. He was so bullish on the airline. Yeah, he but, was. Yeah, I got to give him credit. He's he right. He stuck with it. And yeah. Good to have Frank on again. Yeah, yeah. He was so. I part of me was like, of course he's bullish. What else is he going to say? Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it ended up being right, at least to an extent. All right, it's 8.49 here. we got about 10 minutes before Peter talked me in. Let's do some ticker time in the chat. Let's drop your tickers in. We will cover as many of them as we can in the next few minutes. Still watching for those Tesla. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't see any headlines yet on Neo uh, or Xpeng. Uh, unless I missed them. Let me see here. Yes, uh, X, XPEV did uh, release their June numbers. Um, six, uh, about 6,500 deliveries in June. Uh, and Ooh. that's a 600% year-over-year increase. About 17,000 vehicles delivered in the second quarter, up around 400% year-over-year. Um, so, you know, obviously it's easy to grow when you're not delivering that many cars but uh so xpung is out is neo out let me check uh neo is out neo delivered a little over eight thousand cars um oh this was out before the show i guess i missed it i'm sorry um so they're already trading up on the yeah news. already trading i apologize uh eight thousand cars uh delivered in june up 116 percent year over year uh in the quarter delivered about a little under twenty two thousand cars up 111 percent year over year and we got Neo, we got Xpong. Did we get Lee? Uh, nope. Did we get Tesla? No. Tesla's not doing much. So okay. You're not I'm not sure if we got them either. I mean, we've already covered these on the show. Yeah. They've okay. run a long ways. You're definitely chasing at this point in time, especially on the Neo if you're coming in. And I don't like chasing because I don't know where I control my risk. I mean, it's all about setups. You know, if you were looking four days ago at Neo. You could say, okay, well, I think they might run up into these numbers, and you had the low of the move of, of June twenty second, forty three eighty one to lean on. Now you're like fifty four. So where do you lean? Like you go to yesterday's low, you're down to fifty fifty five. But even if it goes down to forty seven, it's still an uptrend. I don't want to lose eight bucks again. See how I, I analyze? I always look at where am I getting out first? Where is my out? Where can I control my risk? Because you know, if you're just trend following here, you're now away from trend. But trend's still intact. If we even drop to forty seven. I don't want to lose seven bucks and before I know if I'm right or wrong. So that's why I just can't put on the trade here and I just can't chase it here. Um, but I want to just take it away from there because we already covered these. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Scott's Miracle Grow, which was uh, given in the chat here ahead of ticker time. So somebody was anticipating ticker time. Um, SMG is a better setup here. And the reason I like this, and obviously an ugly downtrend, but you have defined risk here and you have you know an area where it stopped going down now. So you can look, and the catch-up trade has been working. 188.64, the low on the 25th. Yesterday's low, 189.26. 
Um, I don't know if I would go all the way down to the 185, but it's only six bucks. Maybe you would take it all the way down there. But if you think, you know, it stopped going down here, you have, you know, and obviously, you know, the trend is not your friend in this case. But if you're so inclined to take on a trade, now you have an out. So there is defined risk here. 188, you're, you look at this buying at 192, you're only risking three, four bucks on a $192 stock. It's not a bad setup if you think the stock is eventually going to start to turn around. We don't know if this is a turnaround. This might just be a pause to go lower. But, you know, you can put any trade on as long as you know where your out is. Uh, tight the last couple days. Uh, so if you're looking at sleepy bulls and bears are squaring off here. Uh, you've been in a trading range for the last four days from 188.5 to 193.14. You're kind of in the middle here. But uh, it looks like if you can clear that, uh, that 193.14, it just kind of opens up. Uh, really, you get above 198, that double top there, and then I think you'll you'll see 200. But a uh, bunch of lows in the same area. A patient, a patient buyer here. Uh, they were patient at 189. Now will they, you know, have to up their bids? But uh, see the setup there. Defined risk. Also, this monthly low um, is. Just at, at, well, the monthly low, which we, we're already off, that coincides perfectly with your March slow. So, getting some mar, mar, uh, monthly confirmation and getting some patient buyers ahead of that monthly low at 189. Somebody asking about Sun Power. I am long Sun Power. I have my original shares. I also added to it. Um, long story short, I bought Sun Power way back at eight bucks last year. It went into the 50s. I sold a majority of the position. I kept a, a, I kept a little bit of stock just for fun, just to keep an eye on it. It rode all the way down to 20. I re-added when it went into consolidation at 25. So I've actually got most of my stock back now of my original purchase. It's up to 29. I do like the chart on Sun Power. Solar has been hot. Mitch was talking about it yesterday. Um, you know, we have seen a little pullback here yesterday, but solar is is trending up here. The trend is now your friend here. Is there a catch-up trade in Sun Power? I think there could be. I'm still long it. I like the setup here. Um, I think there's room to 35. Again, you know, where I was originally buying was 25. They'll say coming in now, um, I would just draw the trend line. You wouldn't want it breaching, I would say, 2733. Yeah. And start breaking the little mini trend that we've got going on. Uh a big day up and then just a little profit taking kind of what you want to see is you know not don't test that 28 stay above yesterday's low you know a little couple of days of consolidation and then you don't know, make another run at that high uh at uh at 3126 so it has backed off a couple bucks there wasn't much on the dailies there to give you any kind of confirmation uh that that was the top but you know, let's hold in here, hold yesterday's low, get a little momentum, get that close over 30, and then take another shot at uh, at uh, Tuesday's high at 31.26. And if you're looking at this like longer term and you see this high over 55 and the low at 20, I mean, you are nowhere near halfway back on the move. So a lot of stocks, had, you know, like uh, some of these electric EV companies came all the way, all the way back. Why can't Sun Power? That's what I think, too. All right. Since it's Canada Day, you want to look at Shopify? Sure. Someone drop that in chat. Who dropped that? Gabe <laughs> dropped that in chat. Uh, yeah. So you had the nice run up. If we would have looked at this three weeks ago, we would have been looking at it, you know, around the 10th or the 11th around my birthday and saying, oh, I got a stop out point at 1182. Now, then it ran for four or five days straight. 
Now it's the exact opposite. If you want to short the stock, you got to stop out above 1500. So um, is this a pause to go higher? Shopify seems to always find a reason to go higher, but it was a big move and it looks, you know, it's an ugly candle from yesterday, but it's sometimes, you know, Airbnb is a comparable chart where, you know, you had a run up and then it started to leak a little bit and then it just explodes again. It's been a tough environment to short any stock in. So, you know, I'm just not so inclined to short stocks when markets are making new all-time highs. Um, I think you got a good point. I mean, I don't know about, you know, shorting it and leaning on the top, but as long as this, uh, you got a pair of lows, right, at 1434 and 1429. Sure. Yeah. So 1430. Yeah, you know, there's your out. You know, don't try and guess what it's doing here. Uh, you can just see it had this big up day, so there is a chance that if it does uh, take out 1430, you got some downside. If not, see if you can just work your way back up to these highs. Uh, when you have a day where you back off like that, just go to your daily high. You know, the daily high was 1491.50. Where are we at? That's 31 bucks away, so could be a a uh, little bit of tough day for tech. I'm noticing the market's up, but I'm noticing Apple's slightly in the red. Microsoft the, the queues, is in the right? red. Yeah, the queues are in the red. Yeah. The so you've got this red. rotation that started yesterday, which we've been talking about. When is the reopening trade going to start to show some life? It showed life yesterday. You definitely got a rebound. Uh, not so much in the American Airlines, but some of the casinos were starting to show some life. You did see the cruise lines start to bounce and show some life. They were all oversold. We talked about it for the last couple of days, that whole reopening trade being oversold. I think there is an opportunity on the reopening trade. I still think the reopening is not going away. Is it going to be the great reopening and we're all going to go, you know, like Roaring Twenty style? That's still to be determined, but I still think there's a reopening trade. And you got a nice pullback in a lot of these stocks. Yeah. So would I be nibbling on a Carnival cruise lines here? Maybe. I haven't yet. Um, I was interested in American Airlines. I still haven't struck, but it kind of interests me down here in this level. It's just been so, you know, the, the trend just hasn't been your friend here for the last. I'd like it to start to actually curl up a little bit more some of these charts as opposed to, you know, okay, we had one good day, but is this just one good day and we're going to resume, you know, the buy, tech, sell, everything else trade two days later? Uh, jobs number will dictate a lot of that tomorrow as well. Uh, double bottom there in CCL after they did the offering, cut through the previous day's low by uh, by only seven cents and bounced. Uh, got hit on the offering news on Monday. RCL has a similar formation, not as uh, not oh, that you call that a triple bottom there. And RCL American Airlines, we know it lost twenty two, pulling the old twenty one trick at twenty two. Uh, 2102. That was your uh, your low on Tuesday. Yesterday's low, 2094. You did distance yourself up from that, so I think I'd expect buyers, those 21 buyers, maybe to move up to that close from yesterday at 2121, and then obviously that major resistance, at short term resistance at 22. Dennis, you still on Norwegian? Zippy's asking. If no, you're... I sold it. Um, let's go look. I that was a long time ago. I bought this was one I bought back like I bought that back in the teens. Um and I think it had a good run into the mid twenties and I sold it. I can't remember the exact price. It's probably higher than I sold it now though at twenty nine. I, I like it down twenty six. I don't know if you're going to get all the way down there. I kind of like the American Airlines chart a little bit better because it's more near a major support area, 20 to 21, than Norwegian. But I like the cruise lines, too, here. I still think there's a reopening trade, and you've had a nice pullback in these stocks. 
So I, I like the casinos, you know, I know I own Las Vegas Sands, but Penn Gaming, maybe, you know, maybe on Penn, I own Penn. Maybe this is, I actually did lighten up my pen a little while ago, um, but 7290 is a low. So I'm looking back 7343 or 77. Just, it just hanging doesn't out want to, It here. just doesn't want to rally. I know. It's just, it's just. It it, so that's why I sold, I sold it in the last pop when it got up to like that. You can see where it started to climb back. And I was like, I'm going to lighten this thing up. I bought it at 77. It ran to 85 quickly. Felt like a genius, but I was like, I'm going to hold on to this because I think it's going to eventually go to 90 or 100. And it just started leaking and leaking. And then breached 80. And that's when I think I was cutting out. I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this winner turn into a loser. So I sold most of it. I still have a little piece, though, of my pen. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't want to get any life at all. Maybe it is the pure reopening style. I guess it's, you know, the casinos have been, you know, once we get this reopening trade, let panels start probably light up as well. But it needs to get above 80 before it starts to look better. All right, I'm going to hop off now, go over to premarketprep.com, jotted down a lot of symbols that we missed. So uh, take it away, Spencer. We'll see you at 3.30. All right, Peter Tuckman is the Einstein of Wall Street, runs Wall Street Global Trading Academy, joining us here live from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Peter, good morning. What's up, Benzinga Nation? How is everyone? Doing great, doing great. Tell us about yesterday. How were things at the close? We don't. We talked about end of the quarter window dressing on yesterday's show. Give us a peek behind the curtain as to what things were like down on the floor yesterday. So you know, it's fascinating how end of quarters, end of halves act, especially in this kind of new world. There's so many moving parts right now with the yield curve. Things doing things they're supposed to. Things doing things that they're not supposed to. Um, so much anticipation of, of numbers that came out today. So yesterday was sort of fascinating because normally, yes, there is. When, when, when indices act poorly coming in into the end of the quarter, you would think there'd be some window dressing to mark up positions by the end. Yeah. But it was not the way it was. I mean, that was not how we saw the Dow act over the last couple of weeks. This market is really trading at record highs in NASDAQ and the S&P and, 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 you know, near the record high in the Dow. So it didn't need window dressing for yesterday. We ended up coming into the day with a huge sell imbalance. And you and I have spoken about this. One of the things that we do here on the floor, at least within my business model, is we trade the MOCs, right? And yesterday we had huge sell imbalances from two o'clock on. There was almost $2 billion for sale. And it felt like, okay, this makes sense. Maybe some profit taking rather than window dressing, right? And what ended up happening was everything flipped. It, you know, the yield was going down. That should have put some pressure on the Dow. That didn't matter. The the Nasdaq outperformed. Uh, the Dow flipped in the last moment. There was such an appetite for the market, and it, it, it was baffling to us. We all got kind of caught short on the short side near the end of the day. This two billion dollars for sale imbalance for the close that came in from 2 o'clock till around 3.30, basically flipped and ended up posting out about $400 million to buy, and the market rallied. So, I mean, you saw those huge moves in the last couple of minutes of the market, but it was definitely not a – I don't think you could call it window dressing, and you surely couldn't call it profit-taking. So it was kind of a, baffle, a baffling you know, paradox is the way the market closed yesterday. So when, when that happens, Peter – Explain to us the dynamics, sir. Do you have clients all of a sudden, like when you have the imbalances flip from buy to sell or sell to buy, you know, right before the close there, do you have clients suddenly just like throwing orders out there wanting to get in on that action or, or, or what? Absolutely. Or- 
look, there are lots of people that play this game. Yeah. Lots of people who disseminate the information. I think I'm one of the better ones because we're really accurate. And we're really, you know, ADHD on this on this topic because when the numbers are large and there are so many people playing it and it is an end of a quarter and a half that you have people who need to be super nimble. When you've got $2 billion for sale on a close at the end of a quarter, you've got people throughout the market marketplace short. And when suddenly coming into the posting, so the, the information actually goes to the investment community public at 350. And as things start whittling down from 2 billion to sell, the 800 million to 600 million, coming into that 350 post, and it actually flips. You've got people who are caught short, have got to cover, and they thrust their market. That's why you saw such a, a seesaw in those last moments, right? We posted out at 350, it went down, it went up, it went down, it went up. And so that is people posturing their positions, whether they're hedging themselves on a, on a big basket, right? People trade baskets in what we call D quotes on the closing bell, trying to sort of negotiate this pennies that the market does near the end of the day. But you basically had people covering a short, going long, and really wondering how they're going to close out their positions. So there's so many different, uh, uh, different strategies that people play into that bell. Normally, when things get that, when you basically see such a twist and you catch people off guard, you're going to see what we saw yesterday on the close. Well, explain those baskets. You, you're not talking about ETFs, right? You're talking about some different. I'm not talking about ETFs. So let's talk about this for a minute. Yeah. So you've got you've got people who put imbalances in on the. So it's 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 a complicated model, but basically you've got the market. Okay, let's say you're a um, you're 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 an institution and you have a million shares to buy and you want to basically beat the uh, the moving average of the day. Right. So you'll put in 200,000 buy on the opening. You know, you basically with a market that is as volatile as we see, you don't really want to make a stand. If you're put, get, building a position in a stock, whether it's on the long side or the short side and you're a large institution, you're basically going to buy a couple hundred thousand on the opening. You're going to put 400,000 in VWAP during the day to get basically exposure to wherever the market's going to go. And then you're going to put 400,000 in to buy on the close. Right. So you've got many different people depending on what their positioning is in the marketplace, whether they're hedging a position uh, in a much bigger portfolio, whether they're getting into a position, whether they're taking a short position on the stock. And so you've got so many different people. And then you've got traders, right? There's a huge part of the investment community and the trading community that will trade these bells, the market on closed bells on a daily basis. So every stock has an imbalance either to buy or sell coming into the close. And as I just described, one person may have a million over the day to buy and he puts in 400,000 to buy on the close, right? So that's that position. Then there's somebody who's doing the other side of the trade who puts 500,000 in to sell on the close. And then there are people who are watching what the community is doing and they're going to try and slice and dice a little bit of action here relative to what they're seeing this imbalance go from two o'clock to 350 when this information gets posted out to the public. And so you're, you're, it's kind of complicated. I'm trying to explain it. Oh, you're doing good. But so you'll see, you'll have algorithms that will read all this information. How many dollars, how many dollars there are to buy and sell in the marketplace? That may be an S&P position. How many dollars and shares there are to buy and sell in the S&P? 
and the Dow and the NASDAQ and the whole S&P, right? And then you're going to see people who will actually see that there's a million shares of XYZ to buy. And they may start chipping away at a small buy position, anticipating that the stock is going to close up a couple of pennies, maybe more. And then they're going to be buying it in advance of that and selling it on the close. So you've got this absolute plethora of algorithms and traders and, 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 and baskets. A basket of stock is somebody who will trade the whole S&P position. 378 stocks here on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange that we know the buy or sell imbalance is going to be. And they're going to go in, whether it's 100 shares, 1,000 shares, 10,000 shares, and they're going to buy and sell it and slice and dice, hoping to make a few pennies into the close, right? And so there's a lot of information. There are a lot of imbalances. And as you know, in a market with so many moving parts, it's going, and with so many different, you know, for everybody who's buying it, thinks it's a great idea that it's going to be able to make a little bit of a vig on the way up. There are people who are selling it, think it's going to go on the other way. So there's opinions, there's predictions, there's algorithms, right? There are baskets. And so people will throw big baskets in. And as these imbalances change, because everybody, every time somebody sees something on the buy side, they're going to put in something to sell. And then that may actually flip it. So it's, it's a complicated game, uh, but it's a fascinating game. And what you'll see has happened like happened yesterday. When, go ahead. So everything you just said is about the big boys, uh, you know, running real money into the close. How can the little guy participate or if not participate at the very least, not get run over by all this stuff happening by the big boys? You know what? Look, it's sort of a, it, it, the big boys aren't out to get the little guys. The big guys are wielding large sticks, okay? Large bats. Right. So it's basically a game not for the small guy because they don't have access to some of the information that people who work with me on the floor do or firms sure. on the floor because that's that's just a bigger game. Sure. Like some people will go to the diner for dinner and some people will go, you know, to a five-star restaurant. It's a matter of what what part of this community you're playing in sure my recommendation to the small guy is as we often talk about is i did an interview yesterday with uh Catherine ross who works on the street and we talked about the impression that the small guy thinks that the big guy's out to get them and i i i don't like to to that's not a battle i choose to play the big guy is playing in their field the small guy has plenty of opportunities if they use the correct tools and learn the game right to to play in, in a field, it's, it just happens to be a different field. If I'm somebody, you know, look, you, you guys have David Green on, on Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, trading the market live. You know that he always talks about it, that he trades small positions to try and give the small person who's learning the market not be intimidated by some guy wielding 1,000 shares of stock, right? So there are fields where people can play 10, 20, 100 shares of stock. And then there are people who have a lot, much different risk uh, risk ratio, right? You know, it's like taking advice from Roaring Kitty, made millions of dollars. At one point, he was up $25 million, and then one day he lost $10 million, And you're thinking like, so that's not my portfolio. Why am, I, why am I trying to get advice from somebody who's wielding millions of dollars? Well, there is opportunity for everyone in this market, right? And you just have to know which playing field to show up at. Yeah, it's a good point. Not trying to beat 
other players at their own game. And the same could be said for for institutions trying to beat retail at their game, right? It, it, it's, right. Right. It goes both ways. Um, but but to, to my to my prior question though, um, knowing that there is all this craziness happening happening into the close there, what what precautions should retail traders take um, it, for in terms of their order placement in, at the end of the day, any any given day? I, I hear. I appreciate the question, and and I will revert back to David Green once again because if you notice, if you hear him, and you know he's one of my mentors, and he's such a good educator, and he works with us. He's he's my partner at Wall Street Global Trading Academy. He doesn't trade the last 15 minutes of the day, right? You know, that is kind of like it's it's like the party you want to leave a little early before the big guys show up to because it's volatile. It's dangerous. And opinions don't matter at that point. Right. These guys are positioning large portfolios into a close of the market. So for me to try and analyze what's going to happen, as David always says, you know what? They usually shut down around three thirty. Because it's like your, your grandfather used to say, nothing good happens after midnight, right? You know, come on home, kids, before midnight, because you're going to run into trouble. Same thing in the last half hour of the market. Things are going to happen that are a little bit out of, out of our control, that we can be powerless over as a, re, as a retail trader, right? It just is the fact, right? Is that a, is that a, is that a, a battle I want to choose to get into? No. You know, it's like trading. That's one of the great things about risk management, too, is the market, this is not your grandpa's stock market. The volatility we're seeing here, these moves are radical moves. And if your risk risk uh, uh, um, portfolio is cannot afford a 50 cent or a dollar move in a stock in a position you took as a trade, well, then you, you, you should be trading at less volatile times, right? We're seeing moves in stocks that go from 10 to 50 and back to two, or you're seeing indices that move up and down, as we saw the S&P yesterday on the close, where 30 and 40 cent moves literally within seconds, right? And that's not a a, a, a field that not everybody can play in. Right, I got right. tossed around like a, like a seagull in a hurricane yesterday. Right. And I'm playing, trading with some of the bigger boys. So right. <laughs> I, I want people to take caution at those times. At the end of the day trading, on the opening of the market sometimes and surely at the end of quarters and halves where you do see either profit taking window dressing or just volatility okay last thing peter uh obviously we're at market to close on monday so we're going into a long weekend it's a holiday weekend uh do, do you expect lower volume today tomorrow and i know we have the jobs number what does a lower volume day mean for the market and mean mean for traders you know what? I, I, you know, I don't. Maybe we're going to have a little lighter volume. Okay. I see so many. Look, I and we've talked about it before too. There are so many new players in this game now. Okay. Right. And so I don't really look. In the old days, you'd see yes. It when when there were only big fish in this bowl, right? Then on weekends and on holidays, you saw a much lighter volume. It would go down twenty or thirty percent. I don't really anticipate that. We've got a lot of things on the table today. There's going to be fresh money coming into the market. It's the beginning of a new quarter. The market showed us 
that there is still an incredible appetite for the market. At best, I think the, the investment community is a little distracted where to go with this thing. We had the inflation scare a couple of weeks ago. Jobless claims are down today. We had the end of a great quarter. NASDAQ closed at a record high. The S&P is trading at a record high. The Dow is sort of solid. We're coming into a new quarter and a new half, right? Earnings season is, is, is soon to come. So I don't think, you know, the meme stocks have sort of been a little bit quiet. The IPO market is Larry. sort of, right? So there's so much activity. There's so much appetite. Look what we saw from yesterday. The market, in my opinion, tells you what it, what it thinks of what's going on. That there, no matter what's happening, there is an appetite for this market in all different levels. And I don't think that we're going to see a, a wane. I think the summer is going to be active and busy and volatile. And there is tons of opportunity. And once again, and not, not to tap my own horn here, but what I beg people to do is this market is not just going up anymore, although it's surely inching higher and higher and higher. But it's not one of these, you know, buy in March 2020 and think everybody is a rock star. I beg people to get the tools of technical analysis because in any given day when markets are going up or down or sideways, there will be opportunity. And if you have the right tools, as you no, when you see David Green trade with you guys Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. great opportunity in the market. Uh, Peter Tuckman has been with us for the last 17 minutes, dropping a lot of knowledge. There are some more questions in the chat. We'll save them for another day. Peter Tuckman, you can learn more about him, WallStreetGlobalTradingAcademy.com. The link is in the description of this video. It's on the screen right there. He's the Einstein of Wall Street, joining us live from the New York Stock Exchange. Peter, have a good day. There you go. Have good a good luck, weekend and good luck out there. Happy trading, everybody. All right. Happy trading Thanks. to you Thanks. as well, Peter. All right. It is eight. It is nine seventeen here. We got uh, 13 minutes till the open. And what I'm going to do is hang out for a few. We've got uh, Robert Roy hopping on the stream here at around 925 or so, and around eight minutes. And he will do some option setups. For the day, he'll go live for about an hour, and so um, let's hang out between now and then. And uh, I, do, I, I love this chart. Peter mentioned that the the meme stocks have been quiet. I, I keep coming back to this chart, this AMC chart. I can't get away from it. Right? It's just it's so remarkable how quiet, how how much, how clear and obvious this consolidation is in AMC. Right? It's just it's bunching, and the and you can see the volume right getting lower. And lower and lower every single week, and it, every day the ranges get smaller and smaller and smaller, and um, eventually this is going to end, right? Eventually it's going to break out one way or the other, and I'm just I, I, I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm watching. I'm waiting for this AMC breakout because it can't consolidate forever. So I've got this chart sort of glued to it right now. It's the one thing I, I sort of uh, can't get enough of at the moment. Let's go over to my movers tool, catch up on some morning movers. Uh, do we ever get those Tesla deliveries? Let's check. Um, we did not, looks like, get those deliveries yet. Okay. Uh, biggest movers of the morning. We didn't talk about CureVac, CVAC. It is your biggest loser. They have a COVID vaccine candidate that was not as effective as the vaccines we already have. They, their vaccine showed 48% efficacy. Uh, against all age groups and 15 variants. So 48% is not going to cut it when you've got Johnson Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer already out there. Uh, so CVAC is your disaster stock of the day down 
uh, about 15%. Let's pull up a chart. We can take a look. Market there it is down to sixty three dollars right now. When he was at seventy five yesterday, uh, what else do we have this morning? We've got uh, DTE Energy. Why is that trading down fourteen percent? Was there a what dividend or something? Ex dividend? I don't know. That's a big move for utility. Like every utility, um, its customers hate it. I'm I'm a DTE customer and I hate it. <laughs> Uh, does, it, does anybody like their their utility provider? Uh, probably not. Um, big gainer of the day, WNW. What's going on with that? 35%? What is this? Huh. Okay. I'm skeptical. Call me skeptical. Uh, all right, let me catch up on chat. ba 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 um, but, 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 but let me see if he going up, going up, going up on a Tuesday, except today's Thursday. Is SWBI still going, WK? They're, they're all ripping. Still going, still going. All of these. POWW, right? Quiet this morning. Quiet this morning. Don't want to rip yesterday. Quiet. Uh... Mitch is asking, can we get a rip in CCIV? I don't know. Oh, look at CCIV. I know Mitch was talking about this one yesterday. Wow. Nice green candle. Oh, man. This does look juicy, doesn't it? I don't know when the hell this merger date is, but this looks juicy. Ooh. All right. Good call out, Mitch. Up, Up again this morning. Uh, sector to industry to watch, Spencer. I know that you were talking a little bit about some of these, but specialty yeah. retailers is an area that I really want to take a look at. Um, you know, that's uh, who who's that's a, that's a very uh, broad industry. Who, who yeah, talking? I got you. I can throw okay. some names out. I'm just gonna yeah. really quickly throw some names. Negg, Posh. Yeah, I saw that one this morning. Yeah, look at they, that one up. Uh, Posh, uh, P O S H. That's a dumb money pick that they picked at forty. Just to get All that right. out there. Okay. Um, there's Wayfair. W. All right. Chat saying the CCIV merger is July 23rd. Thank you very much. Yes, that's correct. Right. Thank you very much. What did you say? WW? Uh, Wayfair. Oh. And then uh, I'll show you a stock that's setting up. That one looks interesting. Now look at this big breakout. HIBB. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you're, you're going to mention this one. Look at that. Nice push there, right? And then uh, just to mention a couple other ones that are setting up that could move off of sympathy off of this. You could DK, DKS, also BGFV. Look yeah, at that one. All, all sporting goods. Well, that, that one is not participating. Right? That's why I'm watching that one today, Spencer. That's why it's one of my biggest stocks on my radar today. And then wait, what's the other one? Um, there's one ASO. One. Thank you, ASO. That's the one. I got I'm you. I had it literally on. The, it was my next one up. Yeah. That one's been pushing to Academy Sports. I actually like Academy Sports, but I mean that's just based off of if you go to the store. Um, SFT is another one that you can look at. That shift. That's kind of more of that car play. Um, it's it's a low play. SBH. Look at that one. SBH. Sally, baby. Sally's Beauty uh, Holdings. I look at this one all year. Uh, this is Sally's, you know, that uh, kind of beauty yeah, yeah, supply yeah, I store. I, I think know. that one couldn't make a move up. Just a, it's kind of a reopening play also with that. 
uh, being said. So that's why I'm kind of looking at that one. Uh, Zoomies, Z-U-M-Z. Oh, yeah. How are Zoomies doing? They're not looking too bad. Look at the retailers. Oh, they're, wow. they're, yeah, yeah, pushing I mean, on up. I know Express is 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 a, oh that's not Express. Um uh where is Express? There it is. Um Express has been ripping at various points, uh, mm-hmm. but it's been qu- a little bit quiet here. I always compare I always I always uh pair Zoomies and Express together because they're both mall based retail. Um and then while you're at it, I always do uh what's uh what's Aber- <laughs> look at Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, I called out uh, AEO. Dude, look at AEO, American Eagle. Yeah, American Eagle. That was, oh, my God. Those pushes. Oh, these are ridiculous. This is yeah. insane. Let's go to a weekly. Let's go further out. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Let's go back to that Abercrombie and Fitch. Crazy, go, crazy charts. Oh, my God. Guys, what was the long-term trend in these? Mall-based retail was dead. <laughs> dead. Pre-COVID. Uh, Oh my gosh. That's how it is. That's how it is, man. Jesus. Murphy. All right. Uh, um, there's uh, electronic components are, are starting to look a little interesting. Uh, CPSH. Take a look at that one. That one's an interesting one. I'm going to be watching that one today. All right. I don't, I don't know the space at all. So I can't look really at that anything. chart. Uh, that, that's weird. I don't like that at all. It says a big move up, big move down, right? Spencer's like, yeah, I'll stay away from that. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away. Um, okay, it is 9:25. We've got Robert. I, all right, uh, someone keeps asking about uh, Air, Airbnb. I've not bought Airbnb yet. When should I buy it? Oh, missed it yesterday. Should probably buy it today. Uh, I I want to buy this one. You know what? That's let, let me just do it today. Okay, I've been talking about it. It's been on my shopping list for a very long time. Let, let me just let, let me just. Do the Airbnb thing. I, I I'll I'll get that in there today, because um, I've talked about it for a very long time. So I'm, you know, green candle yesterday. Uh, looks like it's above that. Oh, this is a weekly. Let's go to a daily. Um, yeah, looks like it broke over that resistance. Okay, Airbnb coming to me today. Market order. Market order. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I only do that when I get impatient. Come on. And also, I'm not trying to trade this thing. This is really more of a. At the very least, a swing for me. This, but this would not be like a day trade. Um, anyway, okay. 926. Uh, Robert Roy uh, will be starting here in a moment if he hasn't already. So I want to get off the air for him. This video will redirect straight to that stream so you don't got to do anything uh, special. Thanks to both our guests today, Peter Tuckman, Frank Holmes. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Uh, yeah, I missed my entry. All right. Deal with it. Um what else was I going to say? Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Um, smash the like. I didn't really say that yet today. So drop us a like for Peter, for Frank, uh, for Hive. You want more companies that are uplisting to come on the show? Say the word. We will do that. Any feedback? Email us. Shows at Benzinga.com. S-H-O-W-S at Benzinga. Dot com. We are not even at 300 likes today. That is not good. That doesn't, that's not good. Um, okay. Robert Roy up next, followed by – oh, this is cool. We're actually airing a special interview today. We did an interview a couple days ago. I think it was last Friday, actually, with uh, Solano. This is a crypto um, – we, we were going to do it on the crypto show, but we ended up saying, no, it was a half-hour thing. 
Let's just air it separately. So we're going we're gonna to air that at 10.30. SPAC's Attack will be live at 11 o'clock today. They got an interview with Eric Grubman, the CFO of Sports Entertainment. And um, wait, C-S-E-A-H is the ticker. S-E-A-H is, is the ticker. That's all you need to know. Um, for SPAC's Attack, we got the Power Hour today. Ripster's going to join the show, get technical. Crypto Show, 2 o'clock. Biotech Buzz, 2.30. Pre-market prep out to close. 3.30, Cannabis Insider, or Cannabis Hour, 4 o'clock. Uh, after Hours with Ryan was beyond 5 o'clock, and then Chance Trades at 6.30. That's a wrap for me. Robert Roy is live. I'm hopping off, everyone. Good luck today. Good luck in your trades. Good luck at the Open. We'll see you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.